Talking Art on WVIK is sponsored by Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support for Talking Art also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Nate Lawrence, Executive Director of Polyrhythms, a nonprofit grassroots community arts organization here in the Quad Cities. You've been described as a dreamer, closet historian, and art activist, and I'm happy that we had the chance to talk today. Welcome, Nate. Well, thank you. Of the many cultural experiences that Polyrhythms provides, the most visible probably is your popular Third Sunday Jazz series at the River Music Experience. This is a monthly jazz performance that you organize, which is fantastic. Explain to the listener what happens there. We're primarily interested in education, and and so uh, so our workshops are really kind of like our premium uh, process. But but the concerts are always a bonus, mm-hmm. you know. So but really, our focus is really on on the education part, and that generally involves the kids. Mm-hmm. I've just been to the concerts. The concerts are incredible. The workshops, though, do precede the show the third Sunday of each month, and the workshops start at 3 o'clock, and they're free to children, Yeah, yeah they're free to kids, and they're, you know, and they're, they're really 8 to 80 kind of programs, and they're really shaped around who's there, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's not like, uh, it's not like uh, they're obligated to be there, but we, we generally mine churches. And so a lot of those, a lot of those kids in choirs and and that kind of thing, and and uh, we try to generate interest amongst community institutions. Yeah, that educational component is is really extraordinary, and that's with the group that plays that same night. So every group that comes and plays for polyrhythms for this third Sunday jazz, they know that teaching is a is a necessary and required component of their visit. Absolutely, if uh, if if their if their people say that they can't do the do the workshop, then they won't play for us. Uh-huh. The concerts are amazing. The doors open at 5.30. The concert's from 6 to 8. You've had a variety of tremendous performers there. Yeah, our, our, our goal is to, is to provide high-level entertainment at a reasonable cost. Mm-hmm. And so that's, yeah, you know, that's kind of a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> mainly a blessing. <laughs> mainly a blessing, but yeah. This coming Sunday... Uh, January 21st, there is a performance called Kindred Spirits featuring Father Stan Fortuna on bass and vocals, as well as Manuel Lopez III on drums. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because one of the things that, yeah, we can bring we can bring people in all the time, or people from this city and that city and, and this uh, level and that level. But, you know, we don't, we don't compromise on content. So that's, that's really just kind of a promise that we make to ourselves. But we're also responsible for uh, to provide an opportunity for local musicians to perform with with, with mm-hmm. other people, with great people. So right, and that's a perfect collaboration because Manuel Lopez the third is from the Quad Cities. Right. Father Stan Fortuna has an interesting history. He is uh, a Roman Catholic priest, actually from New York City. Yeah, and, and he's he's a Franciscan friar, mm-hmm. and and which which are really uh, community oriented people. And and that's really who what we consider ourselves to be, you know, community oriented people that are uh, that are interested in uh, in community development. Mm-hmm. We 
Studio Arts as part of it. Mm -hmm. You had on your website that uh, while studying to enter the priesthood, he worked in Spanish Harlem and encountered hip-hop in the street and was captivated by its improvisational nature. Right. He, he's he's really just a most interesting person. I, I, this is the second time that we've had him. And, and the first time, you know, he was just getting back from the from the Middle East and from Albania and from, you know, he's, he, he gets around the world. So he's a, a much desired and, and sought after uh, speaker and, mm-hmm. and person to, to come and, and share his notions of, of what humanitarianism is. Yeah, you bet. I'd never really thought about hip hop and jazz having that connection of being improvisational, but that's definitely the case. All of those things are, are definitely related, and, and, and they're and they're, they're branches of the same tree. So the roots of uh, jazz and blues and gospel are, uh, you know, it's, it's really the same tree and uh, just different limbs. Mm-hmm. You're the organizer behind the annual Jazz and Heritage Festival held in August each year, and it allows you to do other genres and to showcase other types of music. Yeah, you, you know, uh, it's that, that's exciting um, because the consensus is that the jazz is complicated and all those kinds of things, but but it's like learning a foreign language. You know, if you don't if you don't learn the language, you know, then you can't talk about it. But but it's really it's really a lot simpler than it seems. The thing that it does uh, inspire is listening. You know, which is something that we've all forgotten how to do. So so listening is just one of the things that that we try to get people to understand. And there, there's there's a scale. Uh, and it's called the pentatonic scale. You know, the regular scale is an eight eight note scale, but the pentatonic scale is is a five note scale. And uh, interestingly enough, the the pentatonic scale is what made Motown. The pentatonic scale is what blues is based on. The pentatonic scale is what jazz is based on. And and interestingly enough, you know, there are there are places in in. Uh, 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 South America, the Caribbean, they all use the pentatonic scale as opposed to the uh, to the contemporary uh, European scale. Mm-hmm. So if somebody goes to that Jazz and Heritage Festival held in August, you'll be able to hear a variety of types of music besides jazz that may use scales like you were describing. You play gospel, rhythm, and blues, fusion, and some smooth jazz. Right. My girl. You know my girl? My girl? Uh-huh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, my girl, I don't f- want to sing it because okay. I have a terrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> but but the uh, the first the first five notes of my girl are the pentatonic scale. I mean, you know, it's just dum, 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 dum. that that's the pentatonic scale. And, and you'll hear it. You'll hear it everywhere. And uh, I say my girl because that's where it's really prominent. So I say that to say that again, the 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 same tree, different limbs. You know, that's that's just a very very pertinent uh, example mm-hmm. of. But it unifies these different varieties of music. You were born in the Watertown neighborhood of East Moline and have been active in trying to revitalize that community. You've said that the core and source of that community's pride was music, and listeners may be interested in hearing about the surprising number of jazz musicians that came from the Watertown area, starting in the 1940s and 1950s. Yeah, we have a, we have a terrific history. Uh, uh, of course, Bill Bell is, is is our champion, but but the, and, and describe who, for the listeners who Bill Bell was. Bill Bell was uh, he he was a member of, our, of of the Watertown community. He played for uh, Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church. 
and he was a piano player, as was his mother, and and his cousin, who was head of the music department. His cousin, Mally Williams, he was head of the music department at UT. And then he came on really to do, and he progressed to do amazing things. He taught at UC Berkeley. He taught at Stanford. Oh yes, uh, and, and and he was he was actually Mr. Personality at Augustana <laughs> when he was when at he was a <laughs> And he was really named the jazz professor. He was named the jazz professor, and and, uh, and he was he was one of those people that was always eager to come and and share with his with his community. Uh-huh. So, and it's just incredible, really, that he came from here, from the same neighborhood where you were from, right? As did really your uncle, Donald Mead, it sounds like, kind of launched you down this path towards jazz and music in general. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a historian, and uh, he worked at John Deere. He was, uh, was kind of into well, – I don't know what he was into. He worked. And, but and he was a fabulous drummer. He was a fabulous drummer and had a, a fantastic amount of knowledge about, about music and what contributed to sounds. Mm-hmm. Your uncle – after he left this community, he lived outside Chicago and played there and really was responsible for introducing you to a variety of jazz luminaries. Right. Um, you know, the, the, he, had a, he had a birthday party for Oscar Peterson. On a, Oscar Peterson did two weeks in Chicago at the London House, and one of them was his birthday week. And, and so there would be this party at Donald's and Donald and Louise, and, and there would be all of these people like Elvis Joe or Dizzy Gillespie or... or uh, Paul Sereno. Uh, at, at your uncle's birthday party. At the party. <laughs> the party was Sasha Peterson. And, and his wife was a great cook, so all these guys, uh, all these musicians would come and, and they, would, they would just uh, kind of hang out. And, mm-hmm. and, be and you were fortunate enough when you were a younger man to attend some of those. Yeah, and that's where I learned how to not be a groupie, you know, and to learn that, that, people, were, uh, that people were people and, and, and that they had, and that they had uh, interesting lives. Well, those connections that you made, you said way back when, helps you currently to identify and help secure groups to play at the jazz series here on the third Sundays at River Music Experience. Well, what I found, what I found in dealing with musicians is that they're very eager to pass it on. They're very eager to encourage other people to to be a part of it. Uh, Pat Patrick was another guy that was that was uh, from from the community from Watertown, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 actually, his uh, he's the father of Deval Patrick, who was the the governor of Massachusetts. Huh. So, yeah, there's there's really so much in our community that that people need to hear about, and I have thought. Um, talking to you, that hearing about Watertown is just is just really is really fascinating. Yeah, this is this is a working town, mm-hmm. you know. You know, but when when we were the the farm implement capital of the world, you know, it's about work, and so people were here because of because of the jobs. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, so so yeah, that the, the community provided that, but as did uh, Rock Island, uh, uh, Francis Clay, and those folks. They were. Uh, right, Francis Payton. Clay, you told me, and I was happy to hear this, um, coming from Rock Island, was the drummer for Money Waters. Right. He was the drummer for Money Waters. He was the person that, he was the person that taught Money Waters to have a song list, a set list. <laughs> All from know. the Quad Cities. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Who would have known? Right. Well, you, you are a great historian. I think you share a lot in common with your uncle, who you said was a music historian. And you enjoy telling tales. And just the oral tradition of storytelling, which you really embrace through both words and song, and I find that fascinating. Yeah, I, I think I think that that stories are 
stories they contain our history. You know, a lot of people ascribe that to to folkways and and whatnot, but that doesn't that doesn't make it any less accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's they're really uh, they're really the mirrors to society that we look for in art. We look for in other ways. The stories. Stories. Yeah, there was this term that you threw out. We were talking called griot. I hadn't heard of that before, but it's really amazing. You you had said the griot emerged from West African traditions as a storyteller, historian, chronicler, and keeper of the timeline. Right. Yeah. And and that and and, and he expressed it through through uh, music, through stories. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's all it's communications. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you seem like a griot to me. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> what is the most difficult thing about your community organizing and, and running a nonprofit? Because I'm sure that between the Third Sunday Jazz and also the Jazz and Heritage Festival, it has quite a few challenges. Well, like like any any arts purveyor, you know, it's uh, uh, two things. First of all, it's, it's it's a chore to get people to to see the value, mm-hmm. uh, and that being the case, then then it's and that means it's a chore. If they don't see the value, then they don't want to fund it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, in every great civilization, the the arts have always been subsidized. You know, so uh, we're always looking to uh, find funding. Right. You know, because to have what we have, uh, great musicians at low cost. Right. It, their tickets are ten dollars. Right. Right. So the cost of admission does not even come close to paying for the cost of bringing these, this caliber of musicians here. So you do have some corporate sponsors and you have grants that help underwrite the cost. And we need more. Yeah, always, <laughs> always, <laughs> sadly. Um, there's also a great community that's kind of come together and pulls together to enable something like this to happen. Uh, I thought it was really fun to hear about Coleman Harris. He's a local jazz pianist. He donated his Steinway piano Last year or the year before? Yeah, last year. Yeah, and then it was restored in Walker, Iowa, which isn't too far, I think, from Cedar Rapids, Cedar Rapids maybe. Right. And then to celebrate that, you had held a series of four jazz concerts that featured a jazz pianist playing on this beautiful Steinway piano. Yeah, and, and it's, it's been it's been fun, and it's been one of those kind of uh, uh, solidifying, uh, gratifying kind of experiences. Uh, uh, of course, you know, it's, it's not always... Uh, you know, when 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 it comes time to pay bills, you know it's it has a different take. But <laughs> a little stressful. <laughs> well, we don't see that. We just hear the beautiful music. Right. <laughs> well, Nate Lawrence, thank you so much for your passion in providing our community with high caliber monthly jazz performances. For those listeners who've not attended a concert yet, I would encourage you to check out one of the third Sunday jazz performances held each month at River Music Experience. The very next one is coming up uh, soon on Sunday, January 21st, where you can hear Father Stan Fortuna and Manuel Lopez III playing together. The schedule can be accessed through River Music Experience's website. Tables can be reserved in, in advance or tickets can be purchased at the door. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. and all concerts are from 6 to 8 p.m. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. This has been Carolyn Martin talking art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Calm.